This is part two of our discussion of all things strawberry. Last time we talked about pre-plant and transplant, and today we'll talk about flowering, berry sizing, and strawberry care through harvest. With us in the studio are Doug Greer, our Senior Director of U.S. Domestic Sales, and Barrett Smith, Eastern U.S. Sales Manager and Agronomist. On the phone, we have Jason Garcia, Florida Regional Agronomist, and Silvano De Luna, Certified Crop Advisor and Pest Control Advisor for WRT Ag in California. We're also pleased to have a special guest on the phone today, Dustin Grooms of that great strawberry growing dynasty, Fancy Farms of Plant City, Florida. Before we get started, I direct our listeners to go to humagrow.com and on the homepage, click on the slider image that says, Humagrow, practically perfect in every way for strawberries. That will take you to a strawberry blog post that has links to product documents, field studies, and other background information that we'll be discussing during this podcast. Now, here's Doug Greer to continue the conversation. Well, now we are at that point in the life cycle of the strawberry where it all happens, or you know, at least we're building to, to this point. And that's the, the flowering and the berry sizing, because um, we have berries, some strawberries right in front of us, and they smell wonderful. And so we're, we're doing all this to try to get these beautiful, very great smelling and nutritious uh, berries uh, to market. So Jason, go ahead and share with us. Uh, kind of what that looks like, and you've, you've already touched a little bit on that, but a little bit more on the, the berry size or the flowering and the berry sizing uh, stage of the, of the strawberry plant. When we get when we get into what we quote unquote call reproductive, when we're getting into harvest is what I'll call it. You know, vitol breakout, calcium are, are a big player. Um, vitol is going to help with fruit size breakout, going to help with bloom production, calcium. And one thing, let me just say this with our calcium, it is the only calcium that I know of that will actually translocate throughout the vascular system of the plant. Most calcium products, the calcium nitrate, usually gets fixated at one point, wherever that plant needs it. It cannot, it's not mobile once it fixates there. So calcium is, is a, plays a huge, huge role. And, and if I can say anything to anybody is if you're going to do one thing, Calcium and superfoss, you need to you need to keep applying it throughout the season, and depending upon your ratio of, of applications as far as your spray and uh, foliar applications, we can adjust those rates to, to meet. Once we get to that point, it, it's it's game on and it's all hands on deck. And you know, I know Dustin does a really really good job. Uh, monitoring a spray program, and and he, he's one of the best at, at monitoring a spray program and, and figuring out what needs to be done nutritionally. And there's there's things that that we can add and, and things that we can take out to make sure that we're pushing that plant to its potential. Something I'd like to add on top of that is uh is is whenever we start seeing all them blooms out there, we're, we're here in Florida. We're always at 10 percent bloom. So uh, timing is a key, but what's real important at, at, at this time in different stages is, is to do your leaf samples and, and check your leaf samples and see what it needs. And, um, and you can get a lot better at what you do if you really pull some leaf samples, and then you'll know the right product of what to actually plug in at the right time. Dustin, a question for you. How often do you typically do those samples? So on leaf samples, I typically do them about uh, twice a month. Uh, I wish I could do it every week, but, uh, you know, about twice a month, which I do them on the 1st and the 15th. Is that common practice in Florida with most of the growers? 
Well, I'll tell you, my dad never pulled a leaf sample until he had a problem, and he's been farming for about 45 years. So uh, it, uh, it's not common practice, but uh, more and more people are starting to do it because uh, I guess you can say you learn from your mistakes, and you can actually get ahead of a problem and uh, before it starts. Sure. Is there is there something that perhaps surprises you sometimes that, I mean, you've been doing strawberries a long time. You probably can look at a field and have a pretty good idea of what's going on, but then you do a leaf sample and something comes up. Is there anything that surprises you uh, that you may not have been able to see just by looking at the plant? Yeah, I mean, when you see it at the plant level, it probably started two weeks ahead of that. So uh, you're you're not behind eight ball at that point, uh, and you need to uh, just fire on that. Uh, and and to, to chime in on what Dustin just said, you're at, Dustin, Dustin nailed it. When you see a, a, a deficiency in a plant, you're definitely, it's definitely been there for two weeks. So it, it's time to, it's definitely time to make a correction, things of that nature. And, and that's the importance of leaf tissues. And, you know, some of the, some of the growers here in Florida are getting a little bit better and, and feed the importance a little bit more. That's why I love working with Dustin because he's he's progressive and he manages he manages the farm the way that it should be. It's just kind of one of those ordeals that once if you once you see it, it's been there. So we're we're already not meeting the plant the, the plant nutritional value. So now we just affected yield. So the the my point on meeting the plant demand is how come we have we can have 30 blooms on a plant, but we only harvest 10% of because the plant starts aborting them or whatever the case may be. Yes, there could be some weather issues or whatever, whatever, but, you know, if that plant is showing us that it has the capability with the human grow products, if we're doing what we need to do and making the correct recommendations, we can harvest more than what we're currently harvesting. That's why some of the yield data that y'all are going to go over later is showing such an increase in yield. Thank you, Jason. So with that said, Barrett has a lot to share during this uh, this stage of the plant, some of the products that have shown very exciting results that once again, we'll share now here coming soon with those uh, field trials. Eric? Yeah, I think I think you all have, have nailed it nailed it on the head. I think we're we're all on the same page there, um, and and in the the research that we've done out of California, you know, obviously the Vital, the breakout, at any time is going to be great. If it's just the Vital, if it's just the breakout, if it's a combination of both, we'll take it. Yes, D all the above. Uh, they they work. A lot of times we'll we'll throw in some calcium as well, like what Jason was talking about. They all mix beautifully with the pesticides. They're going over with the fungicide. We can piggyback in with the Vital, the Breakout, Superfoss, whatever it needs to be, any of the micronutrients that we need. And the, the nice thing about our Humagro and our Fertigold products is that they're, they tank mix very, very well, and they help the pesticides able to get in that plant and, and work a lot better as that, that microcarbon technology uh, complexes with that. So the only thing we, we try to recommend to growers and to retailers to understand is that as we put in our products in our tank mixes to make sure they back down and use a lower label rate so that we don't burn the plant and make sure we don't spray in the middle of the day as the, the temperatures are, are, the, are the highest. So a couple things there. But the data that we have back on the Vital breakout looks very, very promising. Great yield increases, great ROI there. Some other tricks that we like to do, obviously the, the max pack is a great micronutrient blast. We just kind of shotgun affect it and, and take, take all the micronutrients all in one shot. 
um, as we get for, for, I guess I could probably talk a little bit about, about sizing, but super K is a great, um, fruit sizer there. If we need some new, if we need some nitrogen there, our super nitro works great. I mean, a lot of this stuff has been, has been tested and tried in a lot of crops. we got some, some data on the California stuff as well on the supers, um, lucky seven, I think a little bit max pack calcium. So, uh, those are some some fun things that we can just put in and we just do a couple ounces per acre and we see a great response. So we've got the Vital for vegetative growth, plant health, vigor, breakout for the, the female, the reproductive size uh, side of things. So we've got the more blooms, stronger blooms, stronger anthers, greater phys- physiological response there with the breakout. The Golden Pro is a product that um, that we like to play around with more. Um, Golden Pro, I'd say Vital and Breakout are more focused towards the plant, whereas Golden Pro is more focused towards the fruit itself. It's got a high high phosphorus, high calcium, um, NPK, a couple other micros in there, and it's more for the berries to help with bricks, with color, with fruit sizing. And I know that in Florida last year we struggle. I know every year that I've seen strawberries, we struggle with the with what are they called bullet bullet berries. Jason and Dustin. Yes. Yeah, that's and that's that's due to the heat. Um, not only the you know mainly mainly soil temperatures where the the berries are ripening and they do not have the capability of fully developing. So yes, we do we do call them uh, bullets. Yeah. So Golden Pro might be a good good response there. With any of these products, with the nutrients, with the Vital Breakout, what's really fun about these products is we see responses both in the drip as well as a foliar application. I've seen growers that we tell them, hey, apply Vital and Breakout. You'll get the best response if you foliar feed them. And then they don't have a sprayer or they there's a small five acre plot or you know 10 acres here and they can't get a foliar application in because it's raining or whatever it is. They'll put it through the drip, and even through the drip, I've I've had growers say, "Hey, I've just used Vital Breakout in my drip system, and these are the best. This is the best crop I've ever seen, I've ever had, and I've been growing strawberries for 20 years." So they have really great responses with our with any of our products, either in the drip or the or the foliar aspect. Last last but not least, definitely. But when we when we really ask the plant and and you know do a tissue or a sap analysis, even better, um, and ask the plant what it really needs. And as we, we push all the micronutrients and we don't have anything lacking, especially with our technology, we don't see just a, a greater yield or, or just a stronger flowering. What we're seeing is better, better health for the plant, better health for the quality, the nu- nutrition value of the fruit. And that's what really gets, gets using our products exciting. Everything else just skyrockets, not just the yield, but as well as the quality in the, is the, in the fruit as well as the plant. And bear, keep in mind, you know, balanced nutrition is is key. You know, we we can't uh, we can't continue to do historical treatment things that we've been doing and this that and the other and wondering why. Hey, I did this ten years ago and I had X amount of flats per acre and I'm doing the same thing now. We, you know, we you're absolutely right. And I I love sap samples because you're getting kind of a history of of what where that plant is and where it was at the point of that sample. But I'd like to go back to your comments on Golden Pro and this really plays in line with something, you know, as far as increasing bricks. That really would be beneficial to Dustin at that point because we we do have, you know, some some guys that have contracts for processing and their bricks have to be at a certain level so it would be that would be very beneficial to to that group but more importantly dustin that's on the line with us well lots of great information there thank you barrett uh, and jason everyone else um 
the one thing I wanted to emphasize again, and Barrett, you certainly mentioned it, is you know, we're not asking for the grower to make another pass over the top. You know, these products, once again, can be tank mixed with the fungicides or whatever other nutrients that may be already, uh, you know, they may already be applying. So whether it's weekly or if it's every two weeks or every three weeks, we're not asking that they do anything different that way. It's just adding to those mixes. Is that is that correct? Yes. All right. Yep. Um, Silvano, um, anything you'd like to add about maybe how things go on during this period of time in California or anything um, you've seen yeah, you'd like to add? Yeah, so I'm here in California, you know, kind of to touch on what they were talking about, the fish analysis. Out here, I'm not sure if they do that over in Florida, but out here, uh, typically I make adjustments with uh, lysimeters. Uh, so what I do is, is similar to the tissue analysis, uh, lysimeters and be closer to like a saturated paste. Uh, so when I see the results of the lysimeter, then it kind of tells you why things are being tied up or what's wrong. And then that, that's when you're able to make some adjustments. So um, if it's not being, you guys aren't using them in Florida, you guys should consider using lysimeters. Uh, and then, and that's when you're able to use, you know, pick your product. Uh, what I have experience with here in California is I use Breakout. I like that uh, as a foliar. Um, and I started playing with uh, Defend, and uh, I think it's Actable. And uh, so far, I, I've seen some pretty nice stuff. Maybe by the next time we, we gather together, I, I should have some feedback on that. Perfect. I'm glad you mentioned those two products. Those are two exciting products that we'd love to have, you know, see used more. And with a lot of our, with all the crops, but especially here with strawberries, they have a place, certainly. So appreciate that. Um, I do want to mention here toward, so as we get toward the back half of this growing season, if the grower, we mentioned this a little bit earlier, if the grower has went ahead and fumigated and we where maybe we were using zap early on for the first few months just to help continue to build up that the soil. At this point toward the back half is when we would want to start Promax again because Silvano, I know you mentioned it and we got some data here we'll show in a minute um, or we'll talk about, I guess we won't show it, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> Hopefully those that are listening can look at it. Um, you know, it, it shows that as we add Promax toward this back half, we don't see that, what I call it, the tailing off effect toward the end of the, the growing season of the strawberry. We see things continue in an upward motion. So the, you know, the yields are there. The quality is still there as we're, you know, adding some of these, you know, the Vital, the breakouts, the, the, the nutrients that still are needed there. But the Promax and the Zap together are doing its part toward the back half when the fumigation wears off. And an important note to, to, to make, to make uh, make notice there. So, um, anyways, let, with that said, let's move forward to the what we have listed here is pre-harvest. That's probably not the, the maybe the best way to say it, but toward I guess the maybe the back month or the last month, the back end here of this uh, growing season. Jason, tell us what we have going on here. Maybe the last month or so of the of this growing season for the strawberry. That's kind of like rolling the dice. Um, <laughs> Depending upon where the market is at that point, to be honest with you, is is what we're going to do. We'll start cutting blocks off if the market's not there. And, and there's some guys that will that will double crop, whether it be uh, cucurbits, things of that nature behind it. 
And so it really depicts on what the grower is wanting to do back behind that crop. If we decide to keep those that, the berry crop in the ground, there's a lot of times, for example, with watermelons and cantaloupe, we're planting those right in the middle of the strawberries, and we're kind of starving those. And when we cut the berries off, then it's like we want that secondary crop to go. And we have products that we can make them go, but... It, it really, the market really determines what we're going to do as we get to the back half. Dustin, I'd love for you to chime in on this one. Typically, towards the back half of the season, uh, things start falling apart here pretty rapidly, and you got to make a, an educated guess on, you know, which one's your weakest blocks. Uh, if you think you can maybe turn some around, uh, what what to do. Typically, during that time, uh, it's real hot. And we like to put a lot of calcium out to firm those strawberries up. And we like to, the the uh, the potassium actually was low last year. And we were able to use some uh, buffer K and I believe I used some more, and some other blocks I used some super K to get the levels back up to where they needed to be. So, you know, there, there's, there's products out there and uh, you just got to find where they fit accordingly. Great. Thank you, Just Dustin. I appreciate those uh, remarks. Barrett, what can you share with this as far as the HumoGrow products toward the back end here? Yeah, I think, again, just, just get, giving the plant what it needs, the calcium, the potassium, either the Super K or the Buffer K, as, as Dustin shared, um, have good results there. Um, and kind of what, what Jason was talking about is we can't give up on the crop. I mean, if or the market for that example, um, there's going to be a lot of farmers that pull out. And sometimes it's better to hold off for the long run and take a ding at first. And then when everyone jumps out, you've still got strawberries on the ground and you can take a good market. I'm not here to discuss about that because I'm not a, a market an analyst. I'm an agronomist. But uh, anyway, there's there's some things that we need to, to keep in mind and, and make sure that whatever we're doing, we've got a good ROI um, or potential for ROI there for the strawberries. So um, as we, you know, in, in Florida to common practice, like Jason was talking about, to, to go in with the next crop. And what's nice about the Promax and Zap again is we don't have to worry about planting a you know a watermelon plant in a diseased filled field where we've got Promax and Zap to come in at any time and, and replace whatever we're doing there and, and keep the plant uh, keep the plant healthy and to keep the soil healthy and and really keep everything uh, strong and healthy as we as we get going in the next crop. And we saw that that's if you recall when we decided not to do the last application of Promax on that block and then you decided to put um, wash in the ground over there. I remember when I showed up the field, your dad brought over a plant. We had we had some nematode pressure and the first thing we did was shoot Promax. Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. We got down to it and that was one of the blocks I cut off and we got busy, pepper, squash, you name it. And, uh, you know, it's organized chaos there at the end of the season, what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, labor. Uh, and I decided not to shoot that because it was on strawberries. And then at the last minute, I decided to plant squash there in that block. And sure enough, uh, nematodes came right up. We shot, we shot that zap and the, uh, the zap and the pro max out and, uh, we checked them right away and, uh, it worked out for us well. Appreciate everybody's comments. Anything else to add? Otherwise we'll wrap this up with, some comments on some of the studies that we've done. And uh, I first want to begin, if anybody who's listening to this, if you have access to the the blog post that is up on our website at humagrow.com, I'm going to refer to 
uh, some of these field studies and other studies that have been done. I'll list them. If I say field study one, I don't think it's listed in there as that, but it, it'll be the first one versus, you know, going right down the right down the list. Uh, but number one and number three were two studies that we did. Um, and we spent a lot of time and, and money over the last few years in California doing a lot of these uh, strawberry studies. So uh, we, we love the results. They, they really point toward, you know, what our products can do. Specifically in field study number one and number three, we were looking at um, just basically Vital and Breakout, more specifically as a foliar application, as we had talked about. These were done, one of them was done every three weeks. That's what the grower was doing out there in California is going over the top every three weeks with their fungicides and, and some other nutrients. And so we just, you know, piggyback that uh, with that uh, that spray every three weeks. The other one is, is every two weeks, as that is probably more the norm, it seems like. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, Silvano, but it seems like about every two weeks more so that they're going over the top. And so with those, you know, we looked at Vital Breakout. In these cases, it was either a pint per acre of each or sometimes it was a quart as well. And we've looked at a pint and quart in other studies. So we feel very confident that a quart per acre of Vital and Breakout every two weeks or if they're going over the top, maybe a pint then of each of those every week. Uh, is would be, would be you'd see tremendous results with those two products. Uh, we also incorporated in these studies calcium, of course, as we mentioned, the importance of calcium, especially as these uh, strawberry plants are are you know they're, the yields are are quite tremendous in these studies. Um, the calcium is that much more needed, that extra calcium. Uh, we also incorporated some some of the supers, as uh, uh, Barrett had mentioned uh, earlier. Uh, super nitro at times or super phos or our super potassium, um, as well as on one of the studies, we used Lucky 7, which is a triple seven combination of the three and then of, of MPK and then also some micronutrients. And and that was really a good product to use just to kind of, you know, especially if you have a grower that's not maybe taking samples every every week or two. So uh, but all those, they all work. That's what's really exciting about human grow products. You know, they, they, they work in different ways. Um, there's maybe not always a wrong way to do it. There's maybe a, maybe a better way we could do it. Uh, but there's multiple ways that, that we can get the job done. Uh, but the results on, as we look at field study number one, we had a 13% increase in yields, uh, approximately $3,400 um, more per acre to the grower. In field study three, uh, it was even more than that. We're at $5,000 per acre. And so these are the return on investment to the grower. Uh, we're, we're, they're tremendous. I mean, we've got another study that was done, uh, field study number two, which we looked at. That's where we added the Promax and Zap over the top of fumigation. These other studies, the uh, number one and number three, were not, we're, we didn't look at Promax and Zap on those. But when we looked at Promax and Zap, um, and then with these foliars, we got certainly similar type of results and, and even better as we the Promax and Zap was doing, doing its part, especially toward the back half of that growing season. And then we come across our last uh, trial that we did here, <clears throat> finished it up uh, in December of last year. It was in the Santa Maria area of California. And that trial, but it's number four on the, on the page, and it is some exciting information here. We have 
we looked at uh, Promex and Zap basically by itself versus fumigation. And also we use some of our nutrition that we call ultra precision blending. It's taking a combination of all of our nutrients based on exactly what that, uh, that plant needed on that field. And um, that's, I guess, Humagrow 4.0, which we we happy to talk about more and maybe a future podcast. But as we looked at Pro, uh, Promax and Zap versus fumigation, it was pretty much off the charts. It's one of those trials when you look at the, the data, you almost you almost are a little bit worried because of the results were so high. We almost, we came out almost doubles, 97% increase in, in uh, yields. And what we see on the graph, as you look at it, um, hopefully once in, you can look at the graph because the, the, the line graph tells the whole story. We see it at back about three months or so of that uh, growing season. We see wherever we had the Promax and Zap, it kept moving forward. The yields just didn't tail off. Whereas where the fumigation was, we see this uh, pretty obvious tailing off effect. And that's where we feel like we really made up a big big part of the difference, not only on the front half, but also uh, even more so on the back half. So um, that was huge. And we've got more we could share. Um, but these studies have been important for us to share this Humagrow message, specifically on strawberries, whether it's the foliar applications and or especially with Promax and Zap, what these products will do. Um, the last thing is we had a, an important study that was done through plant sciences up in Watsonville, California, where they looked at Promax against these main eight pathogens, you know, Macrofermina, Fusarium, Verticillium, Pythium. Um, uh, there's uh, eight of them specifically. And on that is it's, it's listed, and I can't remember how we have it listed, Larry, in there on the podcast, but it's also there below these field trials. And um, I encourage you to take a look at that as well. And we see the, the great control that Promax had, not only as an nematocyte, we know it will take care of nematodes, it will kill them, but also on these pathogens that uh, certainly affect the strawberries and, and, uh, and other crops, not just strawberries. So uh, those are you know, field trials we'd love to hopefully have you look at as you, um, as you listen to this or maybe hereafter. There's also a great video that was put together by our marketing team that explains this last trial that was done last December and uh, I think shares that story in just a couple of minutes in a nice way. So that's all I have, Barrett. You got any closing, I guess, remarks or things you'd like to share? Uh, the only other thing I, I can think of is is um, we, we kind of did a similar test with, with Dustin. He was kind of our guinea pig. And uh, I assured him that his crops weren't going to die. A lot of times we looked at some of his nutrients and he's like, man, we're really low on this. And I said, yeah, we, we, we're, we are pretty low. Um, but maybe, J and this was before we hired Jason. So Jason walked this field with me a couple times. Maybe Dustin or Jason, you would you mind sharing some, some I know I know you shared a lot of your experiences with this trial, but uh, maybe some other, other thoughts you had about, about this field that we had the Ultra Precision as well as the Promax and the Zap. So the... The ultra precision, uh, we used it and uh, compared it to our, you know, standard liquid over here, and uh, it it matched up to it, you know, just fine. Towards the end, there there was uh, you know a few issues maybe with the uh, potassium, and like I said, we we used the uh, buffer K and the super K, and pretty much it corrected it right away. So it it uh, it worked fine. Both products, we were happy with them. The, the Pro Max and Zap, it, it worked really well, like I said, and um, we're going to continue to actually use that this coming season, and we're going to increase our acreage to 
Uh, probably just under 25% of the farm we're going to try it on. So uh, that's a that's a big leap of faith if that tells y'all anything that I, the farmer, I I do believe in it. So I am going to use it again. Um, and we're excited for it. One of the things that I'll add to that is, you know, I think it was the first day that I actually met Barrett and we went out there and I went to look at that block and, and I could say this, that the uniformity of bloom size and, and bloom count versus conventional, I did note a difference right off the bat. And Barrett started explaining to me what, what was going on and what they, you know, what we were doing on that, on that particular block. Want to be particular on Promax and Zap? I will say that if I was a grower, I would have Promax and Zap on 100% of my acres and save the money on conventional fumigation because you're putting money in your pocket right off the bat that you're having to pay for up front, right then and there, where Promax and Zap, you can order it as you need it versus having to pay for it. But at the same token, the biggest thing is, is it works. I appreciate that, Jason and, and Dustin, those remarks. I What I wanted to share is that leap of faith, Dustin, that you're taking I, we all understand that. And, you know, you mentioned it, I think early on at the beginning of this podcast that your, that your dad, or I can't remember if it was maybe even your grandpa, but you, they've been doing this for 40, 50 years. I mean, fumigation, you know, has been used for, for all those years. And, and it's one of those things where, you know, it works and, and we come along and we share with you what Promax and Zap can do. And it's kind of a, a better mousetrap idea. We, we feel we have a better way of doing it and that we can get you to where you want to get better as well as hopefully save you some dollars as you're doing it and so we appreciate you having that taking that leap of faith with us and and trusting in in what we have to share with you as well as anybody else that concludes part two of our two-part podcast on strawberries thank you everyone and special thanks to dustin grooms of fancy farms for spending time with us today I'll take a moment here to remind everyone to go to humagrow.com and on the homepage, click on the slider image that says Humagrow practically perfect in every way for strawberries. That will take you to a strawberry blog post that has links to product documents, field studies, and other background information that was discussed today. Thank you for listening. Keep following the Humagrow Farmer podcast for the latest information on enhancing your crops using Humagrow products. Grow healthy.